Hello, everybody. My name's Melody. This is You Know I. Today we're doing episode two. Yes. All right. Uh, today I'm speaking with another one of my friends. Her name's Eva Sands. She's a creative entrepreneur and she's completed a bachelor's degree in psychology, which has led her to create an app called Everyday Heroes, which has been designed to connect people with similar mental health experiences and struggles. So today we talk about what exactly the app is, the inspiration behind Everyday Heroes and how it works. And we delve a little bit more into her backstory. All right, let's do it. because I want to talk to you about an app that you've created and developed called Everyday Heroes. Um, How would you briefly describe what that is, your app? Everyday Heroes is a place, an online space, Mm. where I guess people come to get in the moment empathy in a way that allows them to uh, get a new perspective from on their situation or from what they're thinking while they're processing emotions. Ah, right, right, right. So most of the time, those two things are separate. Yeah. Um, you're either processing emotions over here or you're, like, getting perspective over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in a few places where they're kind of on top of each other but not in a very nice way. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would try and recreate that in a mental health um, kind of place. So what is, what is the app? What does it look like? Is it... Is it like Tinder for people with mental health conditions? Practically. <laughs> but without the dating aspect. Yes. So yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an interesting, like random intrusive thought <laughs> in the shower of what if Hinge and Headspace and Pokemon Go have a ethical love child <laughs> and it creates this mental health uh, hub that kind of uses the things that we're doing now that are like seeming evil to solve mental health in a like new way that no one's seen that's a little bit more fresh and um does it because i feel like people have a lot of mental health conditions but they're they're undiagnosed and mm. people are people are just saying oh i have this this and this how how does the app manage that i think the app tries to make that okay even mm. if people are kind of self-diagnosing because we have so much information nowadays that you can kind of go oh this might be me yeah um i think it's a it's actually helpful in my app because it's broken up by shadows which are these clusters of things over your lifetime that are haunting you that are you know based on your negative life experiences what's a shadow which end up um it can be anything that is that we've given a name to so like depression okay so like um eating disorder but also to answer your question i've put in things that aren't uh clinically related because i don't think i think a lot of mental health apps and services target clinical stuff and that's not where i want to play i want to play in the languishing space so this space in between mental illness and well-being which about 80% of people are in, given the normal curve. Language. Which is where, yeah, which is somebody called it uh, recently dis-ease. Dis-ease. So not disease, but dis-ease. It's hard to be in well-being all the time. And there's periods longer than, you know, a day or a moment where we're not feeling great, but we're also not sure of, like, nothing's clinically happening, nothing major has happened. Um, so I want to play in that space. So I've put in all these 
shadows like um, family dysfunction mm-hmm. and like bullying and things that aren't actually in the clinical space to hopefully allow people to talk about those as well and see how those might be a pathway to mental illness. Okay. Um, but even people who do self-diagnose, the aim of the app is to match them with other people who feel that they're experiencing something similar. So, so I don't think the labels are like that important. It's more of like a vetting mechanism for people to go, I think it's this. Yeah, okay. So it's like, oh, I've been through, I had struggles with my family growing up, so I would put that as a shadow and sort of find other people that perhaps had struggles with their family growing up and sort of see if we can find any commonality and yeah definitely it was just to start the discussion yeah okay um a big part that i didn't mention about it is that it's anonymous so yeah you get to make a hero at the beginning it's obviously very basic but in future that'll be very very cool in a space for art and things like that um but that kind of you then go forward as that hero so your shadow self gets put as a profile I guess to use simple words and then you match with people based on that so it's almost like finding people who love you for the mm-hmm. thing for the reasons you don't love yourself and that sort of like love and I mean it platonically in like mm-hmm. a human way not in like a let's get you know married and have children or whatever it is but um hopefully they'll you know love you because you're you've experienced something that makes them feel isolated yeah. So you're both kind of finding reasons to love each other for the reasons that you don't love yourselves. And when we're open about our insecurities, that can sort of um, make us feel less alone in our struggles. Yeah. So we're talking to someone who's sort of been through something similar to us, but it's anonymous. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. But I suppose is the, is the hope um, that you're really just supposed to have this, this honest dialogue with someone who mm. you have no idea who they are. They could be on a other side of the world or opposite end of Australia and yeah, basically having this conversation with them about your own your own struggles oh, yeah this. and a lot of people have asked me you know at the beginning there were some suggestions about what if I was you know like assaulted by men mm. I don't want to match with men right or what if there was kind of these discussions with a few people who said and I thought that was an interesting idea because it's very valid like you know you might not but I also think the opposite of that is beautiful where what if just through conversation, so not through meeting or touching or anything else, a man managed to help you through that experience? And you could be talking to them and not even knowing. And not knowing that they're a man, right? Or that they're, you know, from this nationality or this ethnicity or this culture. So I actually thought, I'm going to remove all of the typical, like, demographical and things that we see. Age is obviously triaged in the back end, so people under 18 match with people under 18 and Okay. Versa for legal reasons. So, but when you sign up, you obviously you give them your age. Do you not give them your gender? You do, but it's not. That's just for me to verify who you are. Oh, okay. Um, so that I can, if something happens, I can go. These are the details of the person because I'm just I'm trying to be less annoying by working up to creating a pass key, mm-hmm. which will almost be like something where you can just click through all the different ways that it'll evolve, and you don't have to do this email password. You know. Are you hoping that... I mean, w- would it be okay if you went on the app and it was all anonymous and 
you got talking to this person for like, I don't know, you were talking to them for like a month and then you were like, I want to know who you are. Can we like exchange details? And then, I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, right? of course. And that's for people to decide. Like I've yeah. one part of this app and the reason why I love like the dating apps are horror. So I don't love the dating apps, but I love what they taught us, which was that you're always, you're going to get rejected. People are not going to like you. People are going to ghost you. You're going to ghost people. You don't like people. You're going to have these weird interactions. They're going to be funny. You're going to meet weird people. You're going to meet like, but you have control. You unmatch, you block, you delete, you know, you report, you do all these different things. I'm hoping that people can feel that way about their mental health yeah. as well, especially that sort of lower level. So not anything really severe that's happened, you know, any heavy PTSD or anything like that. That's got its own space to respect but this middle level of you know you've just been through this breakup or you're going through this self-discovery phase or like you're healing from this relationship and people sometimes don't want to hear it and it makes it worse for people and I want to give them that moment to go that's fine that you don't want to hear this somebody else will and also sometimes I don't want to hear that <laughs> which is like also fine yeah 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 if yeah. we can just communicate with it or just like leave it and get people to help themselves as well mm. by kind of giving them that power and not going, tell me how to heal myself, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Therapist human. Like, please give me the tools. It's like, you have the power to do it. Is it yeah, it sounds like it's just a way of... Because um, we... I mean, mental health is like the thing of what, 2022 or even just the last few years is, is pretty big. We, we're talking about our mental health more than ever before and it seems like it's a good good way to just get it out there and talk about it a bit more and, and perhaps it could give you a um, I don't know I, I'm just wondering what the difference is though between yeah going on an app and talking to someone random about your stuff as opposed to like a close friend yeah I think there's a lot of shame involved um, even with close friends so I think if it was working for you to talk to your close friends and your family like not you obviously personally but in general you you probably wouldn't really need to seek this middle ground help or you wouldn't be unsure or they would be helping you mm-hmm. so i think there will be people in that space where maybe this isn't the right solution for them yeah um but i think there is this place of understanding that the world's not like just full of people who already love you and people who never will but of like this opportunity to find other people who might love mm. you. Um, a lot of people also are stuck with their friendship circles from high school and from yeah, yeah. just reports that I've had, um, well, things that I've seen online, which, or family, you know, lots of like European obligation and Asian, you know, family things, so they can't talk about it. So I think um, if pushing people to their close circle worked it would have worked they wouldn't be on the app they're just the world wouldn't really have the problem of people needing middle level support for their everyday emotional mental health Mm. i think if we all had these support circles that were great that would work but um i just don't see it happening around me yeah and it can probably like um empower you to i mean it's an exercise in putting words to how you're feeling and you're almost in a way testing it to someone completely anonymous so there doesn't need to be much of a filter you're always putting on a filter with your friends because you're you don't want them to judge you or we're all a bit self-conscious but talking about how you're feeling to someone completely anonymous could probably take away a bit of that self-consciousness 
Yeah, definitely. And yeah. that's the goal. Um, I've had some people notice that how they were communicating about themselves and their mental health actually was very closed off to their friends mm. once they used the app. And then they came back and were, you know, at a party were like, I actually didn't realise how uncomfortable I was telling all that stuff to friends until I used it and realised <laughs> I never actually told that stuff to anyone or to that, like, degree Unless I was, you know, super drunk or super, like, yeah. you know, trashed at some place where I was like... Ugh, ugh. <laughs> so it's kind of things like that that I've thought interesting. And the the funnest part for me about my app is it, and my company, Memory Palace, is that they aim to be mostly, like, research-based. So yeah. not data mining, take it, scary stuff, but actually getting funding from universities and funding from certain places like that to ask people for their information that they've kind of provided anywhere mm-hmm. and with their consent be able to use it to do these mental health research studies on this middle ground mental health that we don't really all talk about slash cope with these weird ways with partying and art, other forms of art things that are not really <laughs> acting like band-aids. They're just not really solving the problem long term. So I think it would be, I think it's going to be interesting to find out what people do and what they think and how they experience languishing as a greater kind of concept. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but a scientist observed, a psychology scientist observed that so many people were not mentally ill, but also not, they don't report that they're doing well. Mm. They're kind of like, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, chugging along. Like whatever the Americanized version of those phrases is. Yeah. And he just realized there was this weird stuckness stagnancy that people reach even though nothing's really wrong and so he started to kind of research that and that stopped it got researched only just a little bit Mm -hmm. because no one cares about prevention it's not sexy enough to be like we figured out how to cure depression like it's this little and then in december of 2021 it got revived by the new york times and they wrote this article about it um, was there a TED talk as well? I'm so sure I heard of a TED talk. Probably. Languishing. It, it came out during COVID. Yeah, they came back out of like yeah. its depth okay. during COVID. So you um, you had heard about it before? I had no, I hadn't heard about it before as a as a term. Mm. At university, they didn't mention it when I did my psychology degree at Sydney. They did never talk about any of that. They just talked about. Um, precursors to mental health things yeah so certain behaviors and things like that to diagnose or identify when someone might be slipping into depression or slipping into anxiety sort of clinical level stuff okay but there was never this mention of this middle ground so i look through the sydney uni library and there's not really much work on it and languishing as a concept so it's just pretty because no one again no one picked it up when when it got brought out in the early 2000s, no one cared about mental health. Yeah, but that's we were in the new millennia and technology was booming and no one gave a shit and now everyone's like, oh, God. But yeah, but that's the point where you want to get people. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to get someone when they're already depressed or already anxiety, oh, here's some meds. Is languishing that phase where you could, if you're going down, you could bounce back way easier than if you'd already hit rock bottom? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you can also relapse into mm. languishing after having a really heavy like depression and then you you move out of it you heal you have like new friends and a new relationship and a new whatever and then something can happen and maybe it triggers a whole bunch of this stuff you haven't worked out all these shadow 
kind of moments and memories come back and they pile and pile and pile and then you're in this sort of stuck, slow, hazy, dis-ease space where you're like a little bit anxious and a little bit distracted and a little bit drained and you're not really motivated mm. and you're not really enjoying heaps of stuff and maybe you're running towards your vices but being like, nothing's wrong. And is that that's the phase when people should... And that's when, yeah, but people at that phase, at the moment, your options are go to therapy, which for a lot of people is still seen as this huge step of like, I'm getting help with my mental health because I'm, you know, I'm fucked up or I'm like broken or I'm like useless or, you know, a hopeless case or whatever it might be. Someone else help me. Um, Or you go on the internet and you search through forums and Reddit and Facebook and you find people who are experiencing that thing, but the context isn't right. Mm. It's not a safe space. Facebook is not really a safe space for anyone. I don't think anyone would call it that. Um, So back, yeah, I mean, the next question I was just going to say, where where did the inspiration come from? But it sounds like... Lots of places. There's like three main places it came from. Like when did it hit you? Like when? Who even comes up with an idea to create an app that's pretty... It hit me in a... It kind of took three arcs through uni, so studying psychology in personality theory, especially I had my first intellectual gripe with an idea because I thought the the argument is do we have one personality in, like, the ocean big five thing, you know, Myers-Briggs, or is it this changing thing all of our life? And if it changes... Is there like base stuff still and core stuff that never changes or is this so I'm sitting through personality and thinking about this concept of like and how your environment affects it, your genetics affect it, your family, your friends and I'm like it can't be static in my head. It just makes no sense. We have neuroplasticity, we evolve, everything evolves and dies and like there's no way that it's just physically something that happens and we can't find it. Mm. All the research can't... We can find brain differences and stuff, but it's not conclusive. We can't find pills that work, injections that work. Nothing is getting it. So that was my first, like, bothersome thing that stemmed from this personality idea. It was, like, mental health's the same. Nobody is 100% depressed for 10 years of their life. It doesn't happen. Your body has these, like, safe periods. They will be... But what about when they try to... There are people that are, like, depressed or on medication for, like, 10-odd years. Or are you saying, like, there's... Like, in the heavy negative clinical state of it. Oh, so once they get... They'll go and find a solution. Okay. But if your body has these fail-safes and these ways to kind of come back from stuff and people recover, there's not many people who sit in, like, really heavily, critically, mentally unhealthy or mentally ill spaces. Yeah. And those will be people who have no resources around them. Mm-hmm. So poverty and things like that, which is a systemic thing. Um, but for me, that was like the first place where it started, where I thought, is mental health or mental ill health actually a state of the brain where things happen in your environment and the way that you process like your emotional chemicals and your thoughts and stuff get stuck on this pattern loop? Mm-hmm. And that creates this disorder that seems like it's there forever and that it's a trait of yours and that you can't beat it and that you get this fixed mindset. So that was my first like pondering where it started and I didn't think about it any more than that. And then 
I did a hackathon in 2020. Hackathon? Online. What's that? It's where <laughs> it's free work is what it is. Um, it's where a big company gets a whole group of multidisciplinary people to solve a problem and then takes the winning team and pays for that solution to become a thing. Yeah. So I got invited to participate for it was called Recover Together and for New South Wales Health and it was about um, how do we reintegrate people who've been away on mental health leave back into work but not from the perspective of like their tasks and the you know the education and things they've missed more from the stigma side of things where if you've gone away on like you know because you've had a depressive episode people who are left with all of your work and all of your stuff Mm -hmm. so when you come in there's this resentment or there's this lack of understanding or there's this brutality or you know how do we kind of well, your own feelings of guilt that. as well. Just lots of stuff. Yeah. So it was how do we tackle that? Um, and in that hackathon was when I had the idea originally because I was sitting there imagining like, what if a CEO of a big company needs mental health help, mm. but they're like really rich, they work for themselves, like all this stuff. And all the rest of the people in the company are like, you don't deserve that. Or you can afford proper therapy, right? But they don't want to go through this big, scary process. So who do they talk to? And I thought, like, wouldn't it be funny if they were talking to the admin lady and the admin lady was giving them help or vice vice versa or something like that. So I was having all these thoughts and I was thinking, like, oh, my God, this could be a thing. And I'm like, but it could only be a thing if they're anonymous because once you know the roles and the company ruins the whole thing. And so the original idea was called Stigmates. And it was going to be about, like, being in a business and finding, like, a person in that business who's similar to, like, be your buddy through corporate life. But then I thought, A, that's too small to give it to just, like, enterprise. And B, stigmates is this... It's almost like a fixed mindset word. Mm. It's like, your mates through your stigma. There's no, like, helping each other or helping yourself or helping, like... It's just, like, you two are experiencing this together now Mm. so it kind of went through I went through a year of hating that and doubting myself and being like not not doing it and going back out and being like oh my god COVID's over we can go back out again and then we're (laughs) locked down again and it's just this whole crazy thing but then I finally decided to just like do it just do it and why an app and not I suppose you're a a designer uh yeah there are a few reasons why an app Mostly because it feels personal. Mm. In future, it's more secure, like with cybersecurity and things like that, than yeah. like a website. Um, and also, I wanted to eventually have bits that you can use offline. So if you're not necessarily this one-to-one chat, maybe, but if you, in, in future, I want to have like more journaling type stuff and where you're inputting content into these different ways, yeah. you should be able to do that when you're in a bushwalk or you're like a camping or like you know if you have to bring a computer (laughs) (laughs) um so how how long did it how long did it take you to make it from conception to launching two years but one year of that was me hating myself in life so about a year to to get the idea into like one place because it was all these like different bits looking like this to get it into one concept to turn that concept, to research that concept and to turn it into like a product. There was a huge, maybe six, four to six month gap of me trying to figure out, okay, how does that look though? 
I've got this great idea about like we should match people and we should get them to talk, but like what does that look like? We can't just be hinged. It's not like, it's not, you don't want to do that. So about a year of that and then a really long time at the end of it, developing it, like getting it coded. That was the... But you don't, you don't code it, eh? Like, so how, what does it, what does it look like in terms of like a team? Like you got you, you're the... Um, I don't have a team at all. <laughs> I've just had people kind of, probably about 15 different people come through and help me on little pieces. Okay. So... There was a, um, I, like you said, I do service design, which is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I'll get you back. But it's exactly back. what it sounds like. Yeah. I take a service for all of its little parts and I put it together so it works in a whole, like, a itinerary. Take a whole business and just connect it and go, do this. Yeah. And they're like, cool. So that helps me be able to cut it and figure out how I need. So I needed help with the interface design because I could only get it so far and all of these things all of these job fields are exactly what they sound like we design the interface it sounds like we design the service bigger than my brain interface but people hear it and go what's that and really conceptually that's what it is designing anything is just about figuring out how to best express this collection of ideas in a story like a story format yeah so same kind of part so yeah then I had some help with illustration I'm really about getting lots of artists in there so I've had four different artists oh nice I had to get logos done app art um business like legals and social media you know help not that I'm great at it so lots of help from lots of different people um which I've been very blessed for what to sort of finish off and wrap up what we talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but what's the what's the main thing you're hoping that people will get out of Everyday Heroes? Overall, like, probably just some genuine human connection, but more functionally. I hope they get visibility and voice mm-hmm. that they don't really have and this kind of space to safely express themselves where they can change their minds off where they can leave, they can come back, they can unmatch, they can, like, do whatever they want if they don't just like your scratch night I want feedback or I don't like whatever it is mm-hmm. um, I really hope when they use the app there's some sort of relief maybe recharging but that won't be at this stage I don't think the other things to come on help recharge um, again more future based but there's this I'm starting to with this app play hope that people can get better self-awareness and reframing sort of skills and capacity yeah. to go oh that is like me. Oh, I do do that. Oh, yes, I do think like that. And then be able to read somebody else's or speak to somebody else about their kind of shadows and go, I think that's a better, I think it's a better way to put it or a better way to like express that and take that away and go, this person just said the coolest thing. She made me change my mind about my whole, like, you know, made me rethink my anxiety or maybe whatever it was. Oh, that's really awesome, man. Yeah, so human connection, self awareness. And the, the ability to communicate your own struggles better. Oh, man, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, so your app is called Everyday Heroes. Yes. And people can just, where can they find that? They can go onto either of the app stores, so yep. in Apple or in Google, and type that in. Um, or they can go to eh.zone and they can read about the kind of story. Um, and download it from the bottom. 
Cool, man. All right, well, thank you so much for coming in. No worries. You're welcome.